And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. John Vincent Holden. John Vincent, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I appreciate you having me today. Of course, man. No problem at all. Um, how was your previous week, man? Any takeaways? <clears throat> um, slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> That's what I took away. Yeah. No, I totally yeah. understand that for sure. So for the people at home, man, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Again, my name is John Vincent Holden. I am a native to Jackson, Mississippi, where I've lived here all of my life. Um, the only time I didn't live here is when I did my master's at Mississippi State in Starkville. And that was for a year and a half, and then I moved right back. Um, I currently work for the Army Corps of Engineers as a contract specialist. Uh, also, I am in the dissertation stage of my doctoral program at Jackson State University for urban planning and regional development. Also, I proposed to my now fiance and it's today May, so two months ago in March. So I am officially signing my life away, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, what? once again, congratulations on your engagement, man. I know I'm. you're really happy, and I'm really happy for you, man. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about, like, um, just your... I guess your professional life and this whole community building aspect that you have. And so like, can you tell us a little bit around what you do with the uh, army Corps of engineers as a contract <clears throat> specialist? Okay. So basically I'm a middleman. I work for lab a laboratory and they do a lot of research development, design, things like that for the military. So Everything that I help get funded uh, really goes towards our troops, uh, be it weapons or computers, things like that. Um, that's really what I, I uh, work with, weaponry, uh, computers, or machinery. And the good thing about the lab that I work for is sometimes I haven't been able to do it since uh, COVID. But sometimes they'll uh, have like tests and we get to go watch it. So I said, I want to be on the one where I want to be on the team where I can watch stuff explode. And hopefully I can work up my ranks to eventually press the button to make <laughs> to detonate the explosives and make things go boom. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. How did you get into that? Uh, Well, uh. My family owns, th this is going to be a whole pivot, but it, it ties back into how I got into where I'm working. My family owns a furniture moving company, Terry's Installation, shameless plug. But hey, if you're in the area and you need your residential or commercial items moved, stored, uh, assembled, please hit us up. Um, 
but we we uh we at the company we moved for major major businesses butler and snow um most of the buildings downtown like the regions bank um we're doing chase bank uh we we do a lot of commercial businesses uh and when you're a minority company um the government tries to assist you so uh the government tries to assist you to keep the economy going to help uh help level the field you know you being a small business a black business uh, especially in the early well the late 80s early 90s 2000s all the way up to now um they still try to help so uh we started working for them and actually the building that i work in we're the ones who moved all the furniture and i actually uh i back in high school i was one of the people who helped uh move some of the furniture in in the building right next to it and in college i was able to help uh assemble some of the the cubicles the cubicle that i worked in i assembled so <laughs> so so that's how i learned about them and uh i was getting to the age of 26 and I was about to get kicked off of my parents insurance so I had to look for some more jobs that had benefits and I applied actually I didn't apply I called I I basically called up there saying hey I need an interview I need y'all to give me an interview <laughs> and I met with the right people and the interview went well it, it the, probably the interview was 15 minutes and I just sat and talked talked to um, the very nice lady that actually helped me get a job there for probably an hour more, and she told me everything that they did. She showed me around, and that's how that happened, and I got it. Yeah, man. Uh, that's There's one thing in that story that I really want to touch on, like, that's a re real key element to it as far as, like, your family business and stuff like that. I know how you talked about how um, – uh, essentially it's like a minority business and things of that nature and like how it's um worked with a lot of different major organizations in the city like um can you tell us a little bit around how that started yeah well it's my granddad's business and currently my mom and my dad be it their divorce they still work together so that's kind of uh a dynamic that only a family business can bring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and back in, mm, it was, my grandfather actually started off uh, driving buses and he wanted to do a side hustle and he started moving filing cabinets. So he'd move filing cabinets with just a dolly into places and then Eventually, he got a crew, and then that's how it turned into what it is today. Um, just doing a side hustle, getting good at it, learning people, making good connections, and yeah, if you if you want to talk to him, he'd love to tell you about Tears Installation. I'm probably not even doing it uh, that much justice, but the wit and the the um, my sense of humor really comes from him. So if if you if I can make you laugh, he can make you laugh ten times harder. Yeah. And he can tell you way more stories about about the business than I ever could. I know about two thousand seven till today. 
But when it really started, it started with him at his house with my grandmother, she and my mother, and well, really the whole family. Uh, they, 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 uh, they started the business out of their home, and then they finally got a building. But yeah, it's a it's a really great story, uh, and I let him tell it because I'm probably gonna miss key details. But yeah, that's how it started. Yeah, no, but that's really interesting, though, like this whole concept of like a family business and like family legacy and stuff. Um, Do you think that that's what got you interested in like um, city urban, like regional planning and development? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it it ties back into family. Um, What got me started really into that area was... What got me started is kind of like a gumbo pot. It, it has like a lot of a lot of mixed things, and it's not just one one key ingredient. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the family business definitely helped uh, my entrepreneurial drive, definitely. But my mom, she worked for uh, Mayor Harvey Johnson. Uh, his whole stint as mayor and just the stories that she told me that what they brought to the city i was like that's awesome so that's how i got into that and everything else just really was like a domino effect every 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 degree i got in all my experience with service kind of it kind of fell into place i wasn't even trying to do like i Ten years ago, I wasn't even thinking the way I am now. But everything that I've done kind of fell into place, and it just so happened that that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of a wild story. I I really wanted to uh, I really wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to be a lawyer, but uh, you know, things happen. Um, I could tell my people were getting older, so I saw everything that we had, and uh, I didn't want it to fall solely on my sisters. So since I'm the only boy, I kind of had to, you know, uh, see how I could help. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, man. I think um, there's a lot to, like, deconstruct there, and hopefully in this conversation today we can, like, do it a little bit of justice because, like, even when you talk about just this whole concept of like um, you wanting to, you noticing that your family um, is getting a little bit older and things of that nature. And so like you wanted to not have that whole burden around just your sisters. And so essentially, you know, you looked at all the different pieces that you had together and like um, came up with this whole career. I'm curious as far as just like, if you could talk to us a little bit around like, um, your family dynamic and this family legacy because I one thing for me that I've always been like um, I'll say impressed with is like how um, close-knit your family is like even if um, your sister may live in te- Texas now or you moving out of your mom's house and you, as you mentioned beforehand your parents even being divorced um, but still working together I think there's this interesting dynamic that you have of like a close knit um, family that has even transcended into your friend friendships of how you build like friendships and the connections that you build. So can you talk 
to a little bit around like um, how you perceive like um, community building or like family dynamics? <clears throat> okay. Well, all right. Well, I'll speak to the close knitness of my family, right? Uh, family is the family that I have is the only one that I'm like my mom, my dad, they're the only parents I'm ever going to have. I came from them. Right. Uh, their decisions in life, uh, it affected me, but it, it doesn't have anything to do with mm, like what I do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, I understand, I understand that, uh, in life, like back when I was in 10th grade and everything was happening and it was happening so fast for a young kid, uh, it was hard to process, but now as a grown man, and I'm still growing, and I'm not even married yet, I understand how relationships go. So I want to say that part. Whatever they did is them, mm -hmm. and uh, I appreciate them for sticking around long enough to make me. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate them uh, thugging it out for the long haul to where both my sisters were in college and I was old enough to understand what was going on. So that's first and foremost. So I appreciate them. Um, also with my grandparents on my mom's side, they were married 50 years when I was in the eighth grade, they had their 50th anniversary uh, being around each, uh, being married while I was in the eighth grade. Um, my grandmother passed in 2018, a week after my birthday. So even though I saw how relationships could fail with my parents, I saw also how relationships could um, stay together with my grandparents. So I got to see a good balance of both, what to do, what not to do. When problems arise, this is how to handle it. This is not how to handle it. Not saying that, um, my parents' relationship was just god-awful and my grandparents' relationship was perfect. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. everything has a balance and you need to know how to keep the balance. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need to know how to handle things when things go bad and how to make it good again. So I appreciate it for that. Um, also, with the so that's the family part. Uh, I think family, just you just stick it through. And... Uh, Things are going to go bad. Fights are going to be had. Things are going to be said. But don't, 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 don't destroy everything. When you're arguing, at least argue with a purpose. Uh, don't even argue right off the bat. Maybe just sit down and think before you open your mouth because that's how things can get blown up if you're just spitting off. Um, so, yeah, that, that I learned that from them. Uh, so that's why the family's so close because we know that that's all we have. Um, so that's the relationship part of my family. The community building actually goes to started off with, uh, like I said, my mom worked for the mayor. I got to see her doing, uh, she, she was basically, do you know Olivia Pope? She was the <laughs> yeah. Olivia Pope to the mayor without like the scandal part like 
I even remember they put a, a, a article in the paper. I don't know which paper, but it said the only reason why uh, my mom's there is because she's like her niece. And my mom even laughed. She said, they can't even say I'm sleeping with them or nothing. Like, I'm that boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> but because, you know, that's that's what that's what uh, people usually say just to get dirt. Yeah, people, you know what I mean. Not not saying that she did or nothing. Nah, that's like the mayor is like my uncle, and like you know that that's that was never a thing. But she was just laughing because she was like, "Dang, we're we're really that boring that they can't even make up a a, a like a a thing." Mm-hmm. So I got to see her. Uh, well, them. I got to see them bring in uh, baseball teams to the city, uh, the convention center. Things like that, and that kind of piqued my interest. On my granddad's side, like I said, he owned the business. My dad worked for him um, uh, ever since I was alive, uh, and we got to—I got to go everywhere. Honestly, I got to move. We moved furniture everywhere on every street in Jackson, Madison, Ridgeland, and. I got to be a part of that, and I got to see. It's kind of like the old saying: the janitor. Uh, if the janitor is wise enough, he'll pay attention to what people are doing. Mm-hmm. And he can, and he and like probably in ten years, he can do it just by having conversations with people. So, you know, me being the grandson and me, you know, the outlook of life I had, people would talk to me, and you know, the people that either owned the business or worked there or hired us, they would talk to me and. You know, I can still talk to them to the a lot of them to this day. So that's how I got into uh, that. And also, my grandfather was a part of the 100 Black Men, which I am currently a part of as well of Jackson. And uh, I got to see him uh, mentor kids, and my father also all the way up until he could, he was my basketball coach. So I got to see men that I knew involved with helping kids and how they how they talked to them, how they treated them, things like that. And that's how I got into being involved in the community a little more. And uh, yeah, that I hope I'm not babbling. I hope I'm not rambling, but that's that's pulling from 28 years that's what i couldn't condense or summarize yeah i guess yeah no man you're not babbling or rambling at all i think that um what you're talking about is some really key things especially when you talk about um as far as just you have a it sounds like you have a history of like your family being ingrained into the community like you know some people they they talk about how they grew up in an area. So the first thing that they want to do is flee. But like for you, like, yeah, you spent majority of your life um, in Jackson outside of the time that you were in your master's program. But like your family is, is ingrained into that community, not only from just like you literally living there, but like your mother working for the mayor. So like you getting to see like, not necessarily just the politics side of things, but like how like, um a community can be built as far as like baseball teams convention centers you saw how your grandfather owning a business 
created a wealth of different networks and then like also getting to see your father and your uh, grandfather being in um, how do you say like in mentorship perspectives and things of that nature and so it's just like for you as an individual growing up it's like your your city your community is essentially your home and so like you know it sounds like even with what you were saying beforehand about being a servant leader like why be a servant leader to another place when you see your own home um with the perspective that you have needing certain aspects and so bringing that component to it and so it all makes total sense to me man and um i think one thing that's really interesting that you talked about is like youth mentorship and like um um as you mentioned the um, hundred black men another thing that i just know about that you didn't mention as far as like kappa league and like all those different aspects i'm curious around like um like how you're involved with that now and like what kind of approach do you take to it seeing with what your father and your grandfather did when it came to like mentorship of youth right uh, well as you uh mentioned i am a part of ka Psi Phi Nu Pi to the day i die uh kappa alpha Psi fraternity incorporated uh i was initiated in 2013 at the Gamma Rho chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi at Tougaloo College. Um, yeah, uh, and when I graduated, I uh, I quickly became a part of the grad chapter because um, I I just felt like you know if I if I dip out on the service part, I'm probably not going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, key things that kept me there was Kappa League. So uh, Kappa League is a ment- is a youth mentor group. It's an auxiliary group to uh, Kappa. And Alphas have one, uh, Omegas have one, Sigmas have one, uh, and all the sororities have one as well. Um, so they asked me, I mean, as soon as I graduated, we did a retreat in the summer. And they said, hey, uh, would you mind uh, helping with Kappa League? Because the older guys, they don't know. Well, the older guys, either they didn't know how to stroll, step, or twirl a cane, or they didn't have time to do it. So I'll say that. And I understood, you know, at the time I was working with my family so you know my hours could be lenient as long as i came in for five hours and dipped off they'd be cool with that um so i'd work with them and it's been a ride man i love it uh so right now due to covid we can't really do as much as we used to but man before covid happened i was over uh botillions which are basically uh graduate it was fundraiser banquets for the kids like you know mm-hmm. so when they go to college they'll have some bread in their pocket it might not be a, a lot but you know it was not theirs and it was donated so you know anything can help yeah and that was that was a heck of a experience me doing that uh i learned that <laughs> i learned that you can lean on the shield 
and maybe you know what I'm talking about. You can lean on the shelf just, you know, not that much, but like <laughs> if you, <laughs> you can't lean on the shelf too heavy, man. So, uh, but we made it happen. Uh, also, we did a lot of step shows. We did uh, probably four step shows in the three years that I was doing it before COVID. Um, and that's a lot of work. Like you might say three, but you know, getting the boy, like getting 12 boys with 12 different sets of parents and schedules to meet on days on the weekend. And, you know, it might be football season, it might be basketball season, you know, like getting getting that coordinated at least five times before a step show is magnificent, honestly. So I I was able to do that. We did parties. uh, But what I really was enjoying doing, actually, uh, a guy who's your friend, uh, Mark Cunningham, he... uh, he uh, he was in when we did a step show. He had his amp up guys, which is the alpha auxiliary group, come and they performed. And he said, "Hey man, uh, I want to do a, a like a, a not a speech and debate, but um, I forget the exact name of a oratorical contest." Mm-hmm. And and we did that at JA, and I loved it. It was during Black History Month. And uh, it was our guys, my guys, his guys, and we invited kids from high schools to actually participate, and it was phenomenal. So once everything is lifted up, um, I plan on reaching out to him. I already got in contact with the Sigma Beta uh, advisor, and I told him that I wanted to do some stuff like that, and we have some things in the works and uh even working with other capital league advisors man it, it's it's awesome because you know if, even if you're in the fret 10 years you still don't know everything about the fret and right. you don't know everything about people or you know dealings in the fret so the more you are in it the more you learn and the more you learn is the more you learn that you don't know so this has only been a great experience, uh, and I love it, man. It, 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 and outside of even the planned events, <clears throat> the kids, even kids who graduated, they still come around, man. I just had uh, <laughs> one of my Cap League boys who graduated from, uh, he actually graduated from Jackson State last year, and he came over last night because his friends were uh, uh, graduating, and he came, and he was in the area, and we watch those arc and we kicked it and chopped it up and you know it 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 creates another sense of family uh community that uh that is awesome and you really can't you really can't uh explain it because you because <laughs> they be remembering stuff that i did that i really don't be remembering they say mr Vin, they call me mr Vin. mr Vince, you used to be you soft on them boys now like <laughs> <laughs> so you know it, it it's awesome it's awesome like just seeing what they thought of you and you growing from you know it, it's it's kind of hard to explain uh my 20 my 28 year old brain that just woke up 50 minutes ago can't really even put into words how appreciative i am that i was able to do that yeah i, I really can't even explain it yeah i don't want to battle though 
No, man, you're not babbling at all. I think you're talking about like um, a really key thing when um, one of the things that I like to call it as far as filling your cup. So like uh, metaphorically, right, we all have like a cup that um, we can fill with either good energy or bad energy. And so like um, one of the things that I try to do is just fill my cup to the maximum with as much best possibilities as well. Like one of the things that I like to do is just have conversations like you and I are doing right now because it it expands my perspective and like gives me a different outlook on like life that like I can reflect on later on in the day or later on in the week. And I think for you, man, um, it sounds like, you know, family and community is something that is um, like we talked about earlier, very integral to who you are as an individual and like um, working with the youth um, is another way that helps you fill that cup because it's just like, you know, you don't know what these people are going to do, but like, you know, the energy that um, you bring in is intentional and genuous and so like um it's really great to see the rewards of just putting in good work um for the youth so that they can have good experiences because like we can all reflect on different things that we may have done whether it was extracurricular activities like um, basketball i know for myself i was a part of uh alpha bow in hattiesburg which was an auxiliary group and like um it for me, it really and truthfully helped um, me in my development because um, I think about how growing up in a predominantly white area, like I didn't necessarily have a lot of people who look like me in my classrooms and things of that nature. And so to be able to um, go to like a group where it was just maybe from people from different parts of the city, but we're all like coming together like um, playing together, like stepping, doing different like academic events and stuff like that. It helps grow as an individual. And then to be on the other side of that and implement that for to continuous um, generations, I think that's a phenomenal thing, man. Right. It, it is. I agree. So like, let's talk about that for a little bit, man. You know, we talked a little bit about like uh, family dynamics and like how um, your family has created this kind of core of the importance of like community in you and like how you even as yourself um, instill that into future generations. Now, like on the professional tip, you know, you talked about like how you're going into city planning, like what um, actually sparked this interest to pursue this kind of Ph.D. into that? Because I think it's um very curious um not very curious very interesting that um you decided to go and get this phd man right so like i said my mom worked for the mayor and uh harvey johnson mayor harvey johnson i want to say his name um and that was his background and you know, I want to own, I want to every, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say ambitious. It's, it's almost kind of, I'm going to be honest. It's almost kind of like, <laughs> I, I want to emulate, like imitate and emulate all the men that I, um, admire. Mm -hmm. So, 
So my father and my grandfather, like I said, both. Oh, my father owns his own business, too. I don't want to leave him out uh, because if I do, he might stop uh, uh, cutting my grass and helping me with my lawn and stuff. But my dad has his own lawn. <laughs> my dad has his own lawn service. And uh, he works with my grandfather. And even though he isn't um, my grandfather's son, you know, they 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 talk like they're blood <laughs> so <laughs> so take you know they they're they're connected and that's awesome uh i kind of almost forgot your question but i'm going back to it i just wanted to mention that before uh, i skipped over it uh so what got me into it was basically uh my mom working for the mayor and i love i love harvey honestly uh I mean, like, I don't know how many ideas I've had that I just shot to him. And he said, yeah, okay. And he, he really, he really, before I got into my doctoral program, he, he made me think. Like, I said, oh, well, I want to help the homeless. And he was like, okay, so how much is that going to cost? What are they going to live? Would people want them in their area? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as a, as, a, as a kid still in undergrad, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. But you don't know all the variables to make something happen yeah and that all that really gives me an like when people are able to accomplish things like that it makes me admire them more so uh that's what made me do it um but and i still want to and i eventually want to become the mayor honestly so that's why i'm doing everything that i do and it's people like the question that a lot of my professors say, because they, my professors even ask, "Why are you here?" Like, you could be doing anything else than getting a doctorate, because your doctorate, you know, this is grueling time. You have to study when you could be out. And I was the youngest guy. I was the youngest man in my in my class, and I surely acted like it. So <laughs> they were like, "So why why are you here?" And I was like, "Well, I want to be the mayor one day." And they were like, so you're getting your doctorate to become a mayor? I said, no, I'm getting my doctorate. So I know about city planning because I'm going to run a city. I need to know, like, the theory of it. I, did, I didn't even go into my doctorate thinking that I was going to learn theory. I thought I was going to be out in the field, but that's more of the master's program. So, But the, the doctorate program is making me think more. Yeah. And it made me, it, it grew, like, it, Getting your doctorate is just like being online, bro. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. If I if I can be frank, if I can get out of interview mode and get in the John mode and get relaxed, it's really like it's a process. <laughs> and it's not gonna be, <laughs> and it's not gonna be short and sweet. You're gonna get frustrated. You are going to, uh, you're gonna be like, I want to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and and. Um, my dean, my chair, my 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 head chair of my dissertation. Uh, we were at a an event this week, and she said something that you'll hear when you're like going through the process of becoming uh, whatever organization you're gonna be in. She said we're not gonna let we're not gonna let you uh, graduate if we don't think you're prepared 
to go in the world and defend what you're doing. And that's kind of why I said it's kind of like being online, because they're not going to let you say that you are whatever and you can't spit your founders. Mm -hmm. You don't know your history. Because then that makes them look bad. Right. So that's why I tied it into that. It's not it's not. uh, But, you know, it's it's not it's not as hard as people make it seem, but it's long and like you might love it in January on January 1st, but I guarantee like sometimes on January 10th, I'd be like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's in the same month. So, you know, it's, it's, but you know, it's, it's worth it. So, uh, can you ask your main question again? Cause I think I went all around the and I kind of forgot it. I apologize. No, man. <laughs> you answered my question. I was talking about like what sparked that interest towards it. And I think like what you pivoted towards is a really great point. Like, you know, as far as talking about like, um, as your as you mentioned beforehand, your mother working for the mayor, and then also as far as like um just being kind of a a youth that really saw like things that could impact like your community. And like, as you mentioned beforehand, like um, being in a PhD program, it's kind of like being online because it's like, we all just to go on to this analogy, like for myself, right? Like, Oh yeah, I want to be an alpha, but like, what exactly does that mean? So like to become an initiate, you have to learn your history. And then once, once you become learn your history, then you can like, continue on and like go on and live the light of alpha kappa whatever you decide that you want to do and so like i think for you that's a really interesting point that you're in like this kind of process where you know you're learning the history and like now you're at your dissertation point where you're about to um submit your proposal and defend your your dissertation and things of that nature what um through your process have you learned that you said this is going to be my niche or at least this is what i'm going to focus my research on so that like because i already know like your answer is going to be about something where it helps your community right uh right yeah i plan on doing this for as long as i can honestly um Especially in the program, the program really solidified this is what I want to do, which is planning. Um, <clears throat> just as uh, not this weekend, but two weeks ago, uh, my my abstract was accepted. Well, this was months ago. I went to I went my abstract was accepted for a climate change conference in New Orleans and. Uh, I'm I'm about to give you a whole nother story, man. I apologize. No, it's great. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, I was accepted to present my research that I did for Black farmers in the Delta and how climate change is affecting them, and specifically flooding. And I'm gonna let you know this: like sometimes, sometimes I. Uh, get into things and I don't even really know what I got into mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was not prepared for that conference. Like I did all my research, right? 
I and I know what I'm talking about. Like when I went to Mississippi State, uh, I actually did all that work at Mississippi State for my internship. So I knew exactly the topic that I was talking about. But when it came to the conference part, they just said, "Oh, hey, yeah, you're gonna uh, you're gonna be on a you're gonna." First off, I thought I was gonna do a poster. <laughs> So I prepared for a poster. Then a week before, I was told, oh, no, you're actually going to pre- be presenting it in front of people, like, with a PowerPoint. And I was like, okay, so that's cool. And then when I get there, I'm thinking that I'm going to go on a specific time. No, it's not the time I thought. And I thought it was going to be, because uh, usually what happens is you're on a panel with, like, five people. So I'm like, okay, well, it's just five a five-minute presentation, so that's kind of what I was preparing for. <laughs> well, it was just me and another guy. <laughs> and they said, you're supposed to get up there and talk for 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. So I could talk for 20 minutes, but, you know, I wasn't prepared for the 20-minute part, mm-hmm. right? So this is this is what, uh, this is, this is actually like a, a good little story because... The guy, he went up there and he was prepared to the nines. He was talking about uh, water, uh, faucet water in New Orleans and like all the contaminants in it, right? Mm-hmm. And he did great. So I go up next and, you know, I, I when I'm talking, if I'm talking like off the cuff, I'm very charismatic. But when I have to read... It's weird. So I started reading some of the things. I was like, nah, let me just go off the cuff. So I was kind of nervous, but it went down the way I thought it should and would. And eventually, like, the older... Because I was talking about how farmers in in the Delta could lose their land, how they have lost their land, how they've lost money on crops, how they... Things like that. And it was awesome that they talk to me a lot. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they talk to me a little more than they talk to the young man that was out, that I was next to that he had, like he actually went over the time. He was, so he was very prepared, <laughs> but the research that I did, especially in a room full of black students, when the, when the elders talk, when the elders it's something about when old people like latch on to what you're talking about. It makes you feel like, okay, thank God. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like waste nobody's time because yeah. I hate doing that. You know what I mean? So that was just a little story about that. But stories like that happen in my program all the time, man. Like I told you, I'm going to San Diego this month for a uh, river uh, research on rivers. And uh, that's kind of what my dissertation is about. But uh, going back to the community aspect, yeah. Um, and this is why I said everything that I'm doing is kind of uh, meshing together really well because you remember you remember when I took you out to go fishing, right? Yeah. Now I'm Terry. Well, I had the bright idea. Now, all right, so me being in the program now, now they make me look at buildings and cities and how they, how like, how clean they are, the transportation aspect, the infrastructural aspect. Like before all of this, I didn't look at cities like that. 
and when you get into a program even though like a lot of people's first idea is like oh yeah i'm about to have a title you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm about to have but when you when you fall in love with it like with the material and like the at the concepts of everything you start looking at everything different if that makes sense like you look at oh okay so on this side of the train track and you hear it all the time this side of the train track is really well and like a block over it is trash like it's very bad over here so i went to atlanta and i saw that they had little pockets everywhere of of they had their own bars they had their own like the the roads were clean things like that and i was like i don't i don't like the what i'm what i'm describing doesn't even what i'm saying doesn't even really put how like what i saw yeah they they had in every little pocket they had you could walk from your apartment to a nice restaurant to a nice event and it was safe Mm. you know what i mean like and we have we don't even really have what i saw i went to new orleans like i said i went to new orleans for the climate change conference yeah it was bourbon street we went to bourbon street but there was another little area side pocket and it was just like bourbon but it was like everything was it was i i forget the area it wasn't it wasn't the i forget the area man but it was nice yeah and the roads were paved well like you had restaurant and then the restaurants were on the bottom and then you had people living up top and everything was inclusive it was multicultural and it was in walking distance to anything you need they had a market there and you could walk there you could like they had jobs there and you could walk it it was it was something that you might see in italy it was something that you might see in like a different country like i don't know but it it was it was beautiful yeah and it was inclusive so you said if am i going to be doing this for the rest of my life yeah because we the the place that i was telling you about well the place that i took you to when we went fishing we own it and that's a lot of land out there mm-hmm. so right now i'm looking at how to develop it so undergrad i got my degree in economics business my master's ag management and now i'm doing urban planning so all of that kind of ties into how to develop an area that's uh environmentally friendly uh and economically beneficial to the residents there yeah you know what i mean so like I said, everything that I did and everything that my family did is kind of like playing into each other because 10 years ago, I wasn't even thinking about doing that. 10 years ago, I was thinking about just keeping that all that land out there for <laughs> for deer hunting and four-wheeler riding, you know? But like, as you progress through your stuff and if you have... With great power comes great responsibility. So you, you kind of want to help out and you want to keep what your family did going. And if my granddad gave us all of that, what are we going to do with it? And a lot of people sell their land off. But mm-hmm. but I'm looking like, okay, well, this area that we're in, 
they don't have anything. Not, and not saying they don't have anything, but they don't really have what Madison, Ridgeland, Pearl has. Right. And those same people from that area go to those areas to spend money. Uh, I don't even know if they have a real grocery store like that out there. Right. So what I could do is, uh, what I what I decided to do was, out of the land that I have, I'm going to use 100 acres of it to create a, a nice little district. And... Every and me going everywhere for school really just only makes me <clears throat> look at what they have and pull the good things that they have and create a nice area for people who want to get out of the city but still have their own entertainment, have their own social life, have a nice place to live, send their kids to school there. You know what I mean? It that that's that's gonna be my my new mission in life is just what what my granddad my mom my dad and everyone else in my family and school and my organization taught me to help better an area yeah and that's what i that's what i want to do yeah man so yeah no man that's a really beautiful thing man and you know um, I really believe that you can make that happen and anything that I can do to help out with that dream, you know, I'm, I'm behind you 110%. So I know, uh, later on, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that, but, um, I just wanted to, to just put that note out there for you, man. And I appreciate it. And I, you know, sometimes people say, yeah, I'll help. And then, you know, they don't, but you're one of the people who I know mean it. Yeah. And so even if you didn't say it, I knew I could be like, hey, bro, I need, I might need you to like uh, plug me somewhere or, you know, something like that. Whatever, whatever uh, you could do, I know that you could do it. And, you know, I'm not the type of guy to say, hey, I need a million dollars. I'm not that type of guy either. So the thing that uh, I would need help from you, you, you're, you can do it and you'll willingly do it. Of course. And I appreciate that, man. Of course, man. Well, man, I'm a, uh, I'm going to like tie this tie this knot up, man, and like let you get back to your day. But like before I do that, there's um, some lightning questions that I usually do on every episode, and um, I'm gonna run through those with you and let you get back to your day. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. What's your favorite relaxation or self care activity? Mm, swimming. Nice. I remember that you're a lifeguard, so, like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, man. Love swimming. For sure. What's your best book recommendation? I've always liked The Tears of the Tiger. Mm. That's that's one of my... Uh, uh, I'm going to let you know, I'm not a I'm not an avid reader, but that story kind of, like, hit close to home when I read it. So yeah. that's my favorite book. Because uh, I was playing basketball at the time, and you know, uh, it was a cool little teen book. And I, I, like I said, I never really read. So when I read when I read that story, I was like, they have books like this. So I'm I've I've read all that series, 
and I still have them at my mom's house uh, in my little book collection. I have a lot of comic books. If I really want to be honest, any comic book, really, that's what I read. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, Batman, Spider-Man, stuff like that. But that book, actually, it was the first book that made me cry. Mm. So that will forever be... And I read it in a day, and you would have never heard. Like, I was just in my room reading it. And I just sat down, and I, I was like, man, I have to read this for school. I, I don't want to do it. But by chapter two, it had me hooked. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And one, per- and one person you want to thank for your journey thus far? Would it be cliche if I said God? Or... No, man. It's whoever you want to thank. Well, I thank God that... uh. I thank God that he put everybody in my life at the times he he did because everything that people did to me or for me has stuck with me. I'm not mm-hmm. a person who really forgets. Uh, I might forget like exactly what happened, but I remember what happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember what was done for me and to me. So he put a lot of people in place when I needed them. It was almost like a movie. You know how like the it was coincidental that yeah. things happened the way it did. So I thank him for the thousands of people that he put in my life when he did. Yeah, man. Well, I wanna um just thank you for being on the show, man. It's been a great just catching up with you and talking with you, man. And I, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. You too, Melly Mel. <laughs> All right, man. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.